Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Denman. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the tax sell expert. I'm the author of the Tax Sell Playbook, founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for choosing to learn about tax liens and tax deeds through the Tax Sell Podcast. It's a completely free podcast, and it's brought to you through and because of the Tax Sell Academy. So if you are looking to learn more about investing in tax default real estate, Make sure you check out TaxCellAcademy.com. I've got an awesome episode for you on deck today. I'll be talking about which tax sell deals you should probably avoid as a newer tax sell investor. I've been hearing from a lot of new investors lately who are stuck when it comes to this topic. You know, many new investors will see these incredibly complicated deals that people are trying to show off with, and it just becomes way too overwhelming for them. Other investors will see an opportunity here, and an opportunity here, an opportunity there, and they just don't know which one to choose. So hopefully, this episode will help out. So when I invest in anything, here's my goal. I want the lowest input possible, the lowest effort required that will result in the highest output possible, the highest return possible. Again, low input, high output. If I could do nothing and make a ton of money, that would be fantastic. Obviously, you can't do that. In fact, tax sell investing does take effort. Don't get me wrong. But putting forth so much effort that it detracts us from our end goal of making money, that's the wrong approach. But it is the approach that many investors get stuck in. There's a big difference between making progress and spinning your tires. You know, I get approached all the time from partners that I've had in the past, from realtors, from other investors about deals that they want me to go into as a financial backer or as a consultant. Yesterday, I was approached with a deal that was about 20 acres of a lakefront property that we'd be able to split into, I believe, 11 or 12 lots, and then we could sell those lots separately. Essentially, it was a small development. I looked at all the aerials. I looked at the survey. I looked at the numbers, and then I asked how long do you think it'll take to resell those lots? And what do you think they will end up selling for as a finished product? The answer was it would take a couple of years to likely fully sell out and we could double our money. To some, this is good. But when you know the alternatives, it is not good. Why would I spend all this time developing out a subdivision? dealing with the county, dealing with the utility folks, dealing with the road folks, dealing with realtors and marketing the property, hoping that nothing goes wrong simply to double my money over the course of a couple of years. Instead, I'll buy some tax deeds with that same money and I'll double it much, much faster without much additional effort. That subdivision, for example, was high input, low output, yet I see stuff like this all of the time. So today I want to give you a few things to avoid when it comes to the tax sell business. The first one, if you are brand new, please avoid the major remodels. It's not necessary to make money. You likely won't make as much money as you think you would have once that remodel build concludes and you have to start paying all the contractors. And also it's going to be much, much more difficult than you think if you don't have any experience. I actually came across a newbie that sells some sort of like tax sale consulting or coaching or something along that. And he was using a full renovation job as part of the so-called required process for tax sale success. I watched this video. He had a videographer 
following him as he walked onto a job site. He's wearing a hard hat. There was multiple roll-off dumpsters in the background and about 20 people just scurrying around working. It looked like one of those HGTV flip this house type shows. I honestly kind of thought it was a joke at first, but then I realized it wasn't. He actually thought that having tons of people on a job site would make the tax sale business look appealing to new investors, I guess. Listen, I've remodeled many, many homes over the years. And if I never remodel a house again, I'll be just fine with it. The types of remodels that most tax sale homes will require are major, major remodels. These are not just new carpet and paint type flips. Oftentimes, they are down to the studs. And sometimes you even have to replace the rotting studs, repair foundations, replace every single system. I'm talking about HVAC, electrical, plumbing inside that property. And you're essentially starting from scratch, time-consuming, money-consuming, and stressful. So instead of the headache, I'll simply turn right around, sell that same property to somebody who might not be as experienced or might just have the manpower, the money, the time, the effort, and can handle the stress level of handling a large remodel job. And in the meantime, I'll collect my handsome profit and move on without any of those issues. Major remodels are often a very high input and low relative output strategy when you're at the end of that project. Number two, the next thing to avoid are overly complicated deals. Listen, if it takes you more than 10 seconds to explain how you're going to make money on an investment, it's probably not a good investment, especially for a beginner. I hear from people occasionally that will send me four paragraphs, five paragraphs in an email about how they found this special property and they have all these complicated plans. Like if they make an agreement with the neighbor to get an easement for utility lines, then they are able to get it subdivided and then they can get it rezoned for mobile homes, which in areas like that one are selling for X, Y, and Z. Then they'll put mobile homes on it, but instead of selling mobile homes, they'll just rent them out and they'll collect lot rent and they go on and on and on. Listen, yes, you could probably make money doing that. And many people do make loads of money doing that with very complicated plans. And most of those people have years and years, if not decades of experience. I've put off a number of those over the years. But if you are newer to this business, that overly complicated stuff, it rarely ends up being as easy or as profitable as it seems initially. Number three, the next thing to avoid is trying to force an investment to work. And I see this pretty often from new investors. They're at an auction. They're frustrated that they are not getting any properties. So they buy one property that they knew they probably shouldn't have just to, end quote, get something. Here's a fine example. A property that is not buildable. Sure, you bought it for $100 and now you own a piece of real estate that you bought at a tax sale. Awesome job. Not really. What next? Well, maybe try to sell that property to the neighbors who also know it's unbuildable and they aren't even interested in giving you 100 bucks for it. Then you call the county just to confirm it's not buildable as you start second guessing your research and now you are grasping for straws. And eventually you come to the conclusion that you bought a junk property just because you got frustrated, you wanted to buy something, and you could not force it to work. You should not have purchased the property in the first place. And I could go over the same example for conservation areas, for parks, for easements, even retention ponds that people think they can buy and somehow magically 
make money off of. Newsflash, you can't. High input, no output. Number four, the next type is something you buy off of price alone. Listen, I know a $50 piece of real estate sounds really, really good. I'll be the first person to buy a $50 piece of real estate if everything else lines up. The problem is that many new investors are attracted to the cheapest properties possible simply because of the price. What many investors fail to realize is that price is only one of the many factors that should help you decide whether or not you should buy a piece of real estate. There is plenty of real estate that is unusable and it's unsellable that comes with yearly tax bills that you now have to pay. I've purchased many, many homes that were incredibly cheap. I actually document them on YouTube and here on this podcast, but those were outliers. Yes, you are going to come across those incredibly cheap deals over time, but the majority of the properties that are being sold at insanely cheap prices are insanely cheap for a reason. The price matches the value, or oftentimes the price is more than the value. Never forget that when we compare a tax sale list to a general sampling of real estate in that same area, that tax sale list is going to have a significantly higher concentration of problem properties. Yes, you can get $50 properties, $100 properties, $500,000 properties that are insanely good deals. But if you're a new investor, realize that takes time. Don't go after every single cheap property based on price alone. And number five, you should never invest in a product type that you do not understand. Talk about a high input and a zero or negative output. Do not get into this business until you fully 100% understand everything that you are doing. Buying and then trying to figure out what you're doing is the path to losing money at best and lawsuits at worst. People ask me all the time questions like, I bought a tax lien. Now, what do I do if I want that property? Or they'll tell me that they bought a tax deed and they aren't sure how to make it sellable, referring to title issues or title clouds generally. Or recently, somebody said, I bought a condo and they just realized it's scheduled to be demolished and now they got a letter being threatened with a lawsuit if they don't ante up their share of the demolition cost. There are loads and loads of really, really sad stories out there because people started investing in products that they did not understand. Now, I often hear about these stories because people try to learn after they do. That is not the correct order, guys. Learn and then do, not vice versa. This is real estate with real responsibility, real consequences. I'm not here to pitch you on my book or the Tax Cell Academy, but I am here to pitch you on taking responsibility for yourself and your finances and learning what you are doing before you go out there and start investing in products, liens, and deeds that you do not fully understand. Mark my words, if you've invested zero time into educating yourself about this business, you will eventually lose money and that is one place that you don't ever wanna be as an investor. That's it for today. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please do us a huge favor and leave some positive feedback on whatever podcasting or video platform you're listening or watching us on right now. These are free episodes, of course. I don't charge a listening fee or anything like that for these episodes, but your positive feedback truly helps us out in the podcasting world and it might even sort of pay it forward to somebody else simply because you took the time to leave a positive message 
or click that thumbs up button. They come across your review and they say, hey, I want to learn about the tax sale business as well. So again, your feedback is very valuable to us and other people. And as always, if we can be of any additional help, be sure to check out the links in today's show notes, including one to our step-by-step training academy at taxcellacademy.com. Hey, take care, folks, and make it a successful day. We'll see you next time right here on the Tax Cell Podcast. Bye-bye.